Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me on the fourth episode of the DGS podcast. The song that you just heard was called Journey to Asana by Ott, also known as Sizzlebird. And he's here joining me today. So thank you for coming on to the podcast, Ott. No problem. It's cool to be here. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, so first things first, uh, I always ask this question whenever I'm interviewing whoever I'm interviewing. Uh, so give us a background of who you are, what your performance background is, um, production background, and what you've studied and where you are now. Ah, okay, cool. Well, that's quite a lot to explain. But um, mm -hmm. I was brought up in Spain, in Catalonia, in the northeast. Uh, they want to be independent and all that. But anyway, so I was brought up there and then uh, studied violin from the age of five. Uh, and went to music school in England when I was 13 and then just kept going with my violin doing the classical music route and then suddenly decided that I really enjoyed drum and bass and electronic music in general so I kind of downloaded Fruity Loops one time Fruity Loops 8 I think it was and um, I started just playing around with it. I didn't really know what I was doing, but um, you know, I just really enjoyed listening to drum and bass, so I wanted to try and, and figure out making something like that. So I started playing around with that, and yeah, so, so it just progressed from there. I started uploading music to SoundCloud, and it just progressed from there. Yeah. Cool. So what age did you start? I guess, what was your, uh, how old were you when, your first, when you published your first uh, piece of production? Uh, I would have been... Probably 17, I think. Uh, but, it, you know, I I'd started playing around with this stuff when I was 16. Um, right. I didn't know how to share it at that time. I, you know, I knew about YouTube, I knew about SoundCloud, but I didn't really have this kind of idea of how I'd do it. But then, you know, SoundCloud was just so simple that I started with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And what, what year was this? Like 2012? Ah. No, it would have been, well, wait a minute, 17. I'm 26 now, so... Wow, okay, 26 cool. 26 plus 3 is... Yeah, so 9. Uh, yeah, so it would have been 2009, maybe even 2008. So a long time wow. ago. Wow, that's yeah. early. That is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, and who are you listening to? Like, um, I guess when you started, like, drum and bass, do you know what artists you were listening to? Or are they playlists, or what were they? No, I was listening to... Uh, uh, there's a record label called Hospital Records that uh, started in London with a guy, well, Tony Coleman, who's actually London Electricity, uh, who then signed Kino and Etherwood more recently. But um, back then I was listening to High Contrast, uh, Netsky even, Netsky. Okay, yeah, I've it. heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, was, I started listening to their stuff and, yeah, really enjoyed it. Okay. And so drum and bass, but then you evolved it, I guess, to other because now it just seems like uh, your pieces of work are just uh, obviously when you're creating, it's whatever you feel like. Mm. Um, but you've always kind of was it always because of drum and bass or did you start listening to other work and then you wanted to um, yeah. branch out into these? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's uh, that's where I suppose blackmail comes into it. I think at one point. I started listening to more dubstep kind of 
tracks and it, it you know it, it didn't evolve in a forced well way it was just a natural progression in what i was listening to so what i was making was definitely um was definitely being translated by what i was making so what i listened to was you know always an influence on what i'd make at that particular time um but um drum and bass has always been the fundamental uh, thing you know the thing that's always got me going in music Right. Okay. And so now, okay. Um, you still listen to drum and bass a lot. Do you? Yeah, for or, sure. Yeah, yeah. For okay. sure. Yeah. And I'm curious to know too, um, cause when we were chatting, you, I asked you how often do you listen and you said a lot. So who are you listening to now? Car. Well, all kinds. I mean, I use my release radar on Spotify to like the nth degree. I use it all the time, literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every Friday, I check every single track on there, and I listen to every single one and see what I. So think. you did that today. But, um, I've already done that today. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> that's right. that's one of the first things I do. I check on there. But um, no, I'm listening to Ramesses B. You know, someone else that that's kind of gone down the same kind of route as I have. Um, I've been listening to Brooks, who worked recently with David Guetta on some random tracks. So I've been liking his production style. Nice. Um, yeah. and I've been listening to just all kinds, really. Um, what else? Uh, there's just too many. Uh, I think Mome, M-O-M-E, this guy, he made, uh, some, recently he made some music that I really enjoyed. So, yeah, just uh, all kinds. <laughs> cool. But a lot of it is, um, I'm assuming a lot of it is still within electronic. Do you listen, uh, do you, yeah. Habit yeah. Do you yeah. habitually listen to anything that's outside of the electronic scene? Um, 90% of what I listen to has electronic elements in it, if not all, which is interesting right. because I, I seem to get a lot, a kick out of that, you know, just electronic sounds seem to be something that I really enjoy. But now I listen, I, I listen to classical music. If it's not electronic music, it's classical music. So I don't really re listen to that much rock music or... I don't particularly listen to music with voices on it, vocals. Gotcha. As much as, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, um, I would suspect, uh, I was wondering if you still listened to classical. Or if, because I know that that was your upbringing. Um, yeah. If you ever got tired of <laughs> that, um, that side of music for any amount of time. Did you ever get tired of classical? No. Um, classical music has always been there for me because it's emotional, it's uh, interesting, it has a lot of uh, things that I... Well, it, it's what I was brought up with, and at one point I, you know, I kind of swayed away from it because of my electronic music obsession, but in a way, um, it, it, you know, it's always been there, it's always been there for sure, yeah. Right, and the way that you write too. Uh, well, this is as far as I remember because uh, you put out so much content, and I want to get to how much content you put out. But uh, you put out so much that it, it's been uh, it's been something I haven't been following uh, in the past uh, year or two. But the the violin compositions that you do sound very. Um, it sounds really um, the technique sounds it's classical, uh, classically based. Uh, so it, it's just, and I think you know. It's no surprise when you hear that story of how you were classically influenced and trained. Um, I'm also curious to know who some of your favorite composers, I guess, are. 
from the classical right, era. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny because uh, when I started making um, electronic music, I was struggling in a way to find the balance between my classical background and electronic music because there's such a big difference between how you construct a classical piece or write right, a classical piece and how you write a, uh, a more popular track or, or electronic music track. So there's this massive difference in how you play the violin as well. You know, I think what I've tried to do is um, kind of get more of a, a folky music vibe from my violin instead of sticking to the classical nature. But um, mm -hmm. as, as composers, as you asked, um, what composers I listen to the most, I, I listen to all kinds. You know, I, I really like... Um, there's this uh, Russian dances by Izai, Y-S-A-Y-E, Eugene Izai, and that's really nice, you know, it's just really harmonious and, and cool music. Um, and I listen to all kinds, you know, um, yeah, Beethoven, whatever. Yeah, the classics. But, you know, I've not heard of the Russian uh, composer that you had mentioned. Uh, what, yeah, what it's kind really of, interesting, yeah. yeah. What kind of instrumentation, I guess, is it like violin heavy or is it piano? What is or orchestral? What is it? This particular piece is a completely violin based track. So it's, there's nothing else. It's just violin. OK, so it's just one violin yeah, and nothing is, else. Yeah, exactly. So there's different kinds. Uh, well, he's made all kinds of music, but this particular piece is just violin. Yeah. OK, interesting. Interesting. Mm. OK. Yeah, nice. Um, so I was just, uh, I, I just wanted to dip into that because I know um, whenever uh, producers uh, write music, it's not that they have to know. Um, yeah. They don't have to have the background as many people would like to think, but it's just another tool in your toolbox when mm. you are writing music to have uh, different in influences from different uh, genres. So it's classical and electronic for you. Um, what steers you away from vocals, or not steers you, but why don't you listen to music with vocals too often? Um, yeah, that's, that's, I think it's, it's just preference. I enjoy making the more, the, the instrumental parts, you know, it's, it's something that, because I don't sing, I suppose right. I don't really influence myself with sing. I don't know, it, it's, um. I, I do listen to music that has vocals in it, but I just find that the melodies that I would use in a vocal, I just recreate in electronic sounds. So, uh -huh. so you know, it's just a, a, I suppose it's just, I enjoy making instrumental music in itself. But it's, it's not something that, that I want, that I think will always be the same, you know, because my... Uh, listening habits are constantly changing then there will come a time probably where i'll want to use vocals more so it's not something that's you know set in stone but, um, right i mean you did have uh, a song with vila i remember um, yes but that was also with ether um but mm. I, I, that was um uh, i know that you've had a couple of those it wasn't just that um, no, where yeah. you had another singer uh, you had a singer on a few of your songs yeah yeah um and how was because uh, I guess producing just an instrumental and producing a vocal uh, producing with a vocal I don't know how different that was for you. Well, interestingly, Raccoon City, um, which is the one with Ether right, that's the song, and Vila. Yeah. Um, so that particular piece, I I remember coming up with the melody and the bass line and all the instrumental parts of that song 
way before the vocal was created. And then um, Liquicity, the label that it's released under, the, the, the guy that owns it, Maris, he mm-hmm. asked me if, he, if I would like to have a vocalist on it. And then Ether um, is an incredibly great production guy. And so I sent my idea um, to Ether and he completely changed all the sounds in it, kind of, but not the melodies and the harmonies. So all the harmonies and the melodies were, were my ideas, but in the end product, the vocals, all the... So the mixing side of it was all Ether's job and a lot of the production as well. So he did a, gotcha. lot, a lot of work on that track. Um, I just, you know, I came up with some melodies in it and a harmony and, and then he just, uh, you know, beefed it up a bit, which was, which was great. Because it sounds okay. great. Cool, cool. I I remember that song. That was a pretty good one. Hmm. Um, I just because I'm just recalling, and I don't think there were many um, songs where you had um, vocals on it. Just generally, that's I not use, the case. Yeah, I I use um, samples occasionally in some pieces, but most of the time there's a very minimal amount of vocals. But there are some out there. You just have to find them. They are hidden away. You know, <laughs> <laughs> in your in your body of how many songs do you think you've published? Oh, it, no, do you think no. it's it's not? I wouldn't say it's a thousand, <laughs> but it's definitely it, <laughs> it would get there. It's gonna get there at some point, but it's well, definitely at mm. least two hundred or something. How do you put? Okay, n- yeah, okay. I want to talk about how how you um, put out so much, and how do um, I do it? Why yeah. and why oh. do you do it? And why do I do it? How and yeah. why? Well. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I find myself sometimes thinking that it's too much, you know. I think, well, you could have released less and just picked more specifically, you know. Just if, if I could go back and think, right, I've released all this music, there are loads that I really like and some that I don't like as much. If I could re-pick, you know, it'd probably be less. But what's, yeah. what's curious about that is that I... Every time I've made something that I've really enjoyed, there's no looking back on it. You know, there's no, I'll, I'll share it because I want to share it and because I just, you know, I, at that moment in time, I really enjoy what, I've, what that creation is. So there's no kind of like, oh, I'm going to compare it to this or I'm going to compare it to that and think, oh, this is better in a way or this is... Because at the end of the day, I think it's all about the ideas. The ideas are what are, what are important to me. And if I can still Absolutely. come out with yeah. ideas and melodies that I haven't used before or harmonies that are slightly different to what I've done before, then I, I always, I'll try and, and share that because why not, you know? I, yeah. So sometimes I think it's too much. Sometimes I just think, well, what the hell? It's, it's my own creation, so whatever. <laughs> right. How? What is your um, release to? Um, I don't know if release, but like the ratio of release to unreleased uh, projects. It's probably about. It's probably about forty sixty. So forty percent isn't. No, forty percent is released. Sixty percent isn't. That's insane. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So sixty yeah. percent of your work is not released. Yeah. For sure. That's still. That's a ton. That's a ton of work. Um, I've seen your fruity loops uh file names uh how do you remember what is what i don't i if i have to look <laughs> for something 
<laughs> if I have to look for yeah. a track, I yeah. just I go through every single one. Sometimes, well, not every single one, but I go through. Basically, I'll the way I find the the track I've been working on is by the date. So I remember that on Wednesday, the twelfth of May, I was working on this particular track, and then I'll go yeah. through the files and look for the twelfth of May and see what I was working on those days that day. And then open every single one from that day, or sometimes it's one, sometimes it's five. You know, it just depends. And then find it like that. Yeah. Do they are they all titled with uh, keyboard slams, or do you do you Not have a look around? Okay, cool. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes, like when I'm trying to come up with a name for a song too, and I just don't, or a project or whatever, and I don't, I look at maybe a water bottle that's on my desk, and it has some text, and then I just write down what that's the title that I give it. It's just, that's if quite it says, clever. If it says purified, I put purified, and that's the name of the track for now. Oh, that's great. So, well, no, so, I, I, uh, yeah. it depends. I usually um, title the ones that I finished. So the works in progress. Mm-hmm. are usually random title. Funnily enough, a lot of the pieces I've made, I title after. So I have an right. idea of what it will be called, but then the final name that I come up with, I usually don't choose until it's completely finished. So Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> a couple more questions. I know that you're a busy guy. You got, what, seven minutes left? Yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so a couple questions. Uh, it's just for my satisfaction. It's um, actually two things in one question: your instrument VSTs, and I guess your uh, your mixing process. Uh, and I th- I have a sense that um, you don't spend as much time on the mixing, um, which is totally fine too, because um, the goal is to you know content is always key, content is always king. Um, but I'm mm. curious about those two: your instrument plugins and your mixing plugins. Right, so, uh, yeah, I, I use several different ones, but um, Harmor, Il Harmor, I-L-H-A-R-M-O-R, is the mm-hmm. main one I use for things like uh, bass synths or melody synths or different things like that. I just actually just opened Fruity Loops so that I can see what I've got here. Cause yeah, I okay, remember. got it. I, I heard the, I heard the, <laughs> the bing. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to keep so, it in there. Yeah, do it, keep it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, Okay, cool. so... Yeah, so Harmore is the one that I use for uh, things like that. So synth sounds. Um, I also use um, a lot of samples, actually. I, especially for drums, I like to find all kinds of different samples. Sometimes even breaks that I use within the track. So, um, right. and, and then, so the piano, I use this, this weird one that I found called CV Piano GVI Modeled. Now this is great wow. because it sounds yeah. it sounds really real, and uh, that's what I enjoy about it. The keys actually every time you, uh, so every time you record something in, uh, the keys sound like they've been pressed harder or less hard, and there's a real kind of dynamic sound to the the piano. So it's it's not just dead pan, just you know just straight. So there are different. Right, right. There are loads of different. Um, yeah sounds that come in to, to yeah so it's a really good piano to use for it um and then for strings i actually use samples for the strings usually okay so yeah when you say samples like you you find them online so you're not using a, a plugin to uh, uh record your strings uh no i if i use there's there's a plugin 
in Fruity Loops that I sometimes use for strings, but most of the time there's this great website, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but they have all kinds of orchestral uh, samples from a real orchestra and they've recorded all different, um, uh, you know, different things really. There's there's cello, there's violin, there's... So I just, you know, I just put them all together and create a, a, the or orchestral sound out of all these samples, basically. Okay, yeah. that's sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, and then I guess um, make uh, the mixing side, engineering side. Mm. Um, how much time do you spend on that, and what do you use? Right. So for the mixing, I mean, in what sense? What do I use? I just use Fruity Loops. I just put it all through. Um, you know, I, I I use compressors and I use reverb and I use all this stuff. But I, you know, I'm not very good at the the kind of I don't know. I, I I just do it my own way. I don't know what the right way is, but I, I just uh, export it into Fruity Loops and just mix it there. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that's cool because it just I think the most important thing really is just to keep a check on the volume and then yeah, just beef it exactly. up a little I bit. I balance with all the these, sounds yeah. as much as possible. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I do spend some on some of the tracks I've made, I've probably spent <laughs> hours just on the drums you know just because drums are so difficult to balance with everything else oh so, yeah drums are always hard it's drums and the bass that you really got to exactly. keep an eye on yeah 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 because yeah. they can always clash so it's it's a difficult one and sometimes okay. i just give up and i think well this sounds quite <laughs> groovy man and then i think yeah. okay that'll do that's fine <laughs> i like the philosophy man so you're definitely not a perfectionist um it depends. I think I can be, but not when not yeah. when I'm getting wound up by this snare drum like in my ear, like duh, duh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I've just talked annoying. to I've talked to a couple of people who do mixing for a living, and they say that they could spend about three to four hours just to get a snare drum sounding right. I'm like, yeah, that's the amount See, of time that it might take to produce an entire song. Well, exactly. In right. fact, I've I've made tracks in less time and be really right, happy. Right. Exactly. It. So. The, the, yeah. But this is the thing, you know, I think there is a limit to how much you, you can do. I mean, what I always, I mean, I've got this basic, basic thing that I do, which is I'll listen to it on my laptop. I'll listen to it with the speakers and then I'll listen to it on my phone. And if it, I can sound hear most of the sounds on every device, then I think, well, you know, that's what I wanted. People can hear what I've made on every single device. So, yeah. do you see what I mean? It, it's yeah, like I think that. you go about it the, definitely the right way. Um, mm. I, was just, I was just curious to know how um, deep you go into uh, the engineering process. It's just because uh, I'm like, I personally kind of geek out over <laughs> that kind of thing. But if you don't, like, I, it's, not, it's not that important uh, in the whole grand scheme of things. It's just the important thing is, do you like it and do the people that are listening to it enjoy it? And yeah that's it man yeah no that's yeah. that's very true i mean i i i think um sometimes i put more emphasis on the on the production side but um most of the time it is the ideas as you say but um no i, I think uh you know I, I in the future i might collaborate with a guy that that does actually mixing for a living so um oh, okay you know, that, yeah that's that gonna be, be really cool yeah it'll yeah. be interesting to hear his views because for me, it's all, you know, it's something that I've learned for myself. I've never been trained or taught this. So it's all self-taught. Right. Yeah. 
just as long as you share the same bit because getting the right mixer can be uh it can be tough so they have to have a very similar if not the the same uh you know idea of how the result should be because you could get somebody that mixes very well in a specific genre but then they would totally destroy your track if you just didn't mix it at all so that's a really good point yeah exactly yeah yeah for sure <laughs> great cool all right is there anything else that you would like to uh say in this podcast no that's it really i i just uh i'm happy to answer your questions for sure awesome thank you yeah, thank you so much no i know you gotta go so um i'm gonna <laughs> no, leave it at that great awesome. you've timed it perfectly okay cool all awesome. right take care man take care bye all right bye-bye Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It would mean a whole lot if you decided to leave a comment telling me what you thought. And if you want to hear anybody else on this podcast, uh, let me know, too, and I'll see if I can get in touch with them. Also, share this with anybody who you think would find this interesting. Again, thank you so much for coming by. It means a lot. And we'll talk to you in the next one.